I wish you would come with me to a land of more than a billion souls. All in need of hearing the gospel of Christ. Did you know this, my friend? It is the duty of the Christian to take the gospel of Christ to a lost world. And the lost world I'm talking about right now is India, land of millions and millions of pagan gods, but more than a billion lost souls. India cries out for God. We are now back on India TV. We're broadcasting on prime time in India. We need your prayers. We need your support. Is it easy in India? No, it's the hardest place we have ever worked. Harder than Russia, harder than Russia. Harder than America, harder than America. Harder than Australia, harder than Australia. Because it is a land that's given over almost totally to demonism. Now, I can tell you about those demons. I can tell you about the false gods, but what I want to tell you today is about the true God and the true God who told us, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We're back in India. Yes, we're back in India. And by the grace of God, we're back in India to stay. We want you to come with us. We want you to pray for India. We want you to give for India and do it today. Please write to me. John Carter, Post Office Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California. Write to me at Terrigal in Australia. Email me, contact me and say, yes, I'm going to stand with you in the preaching of the gospel to the lost souls of India. Thank you in Jesus' name and God bless you. Alan, we are honored and delighted to have you here today. And we're glad that you joined the Carter Report for this animated discussion on religious liberty. The privilege is mine, John. Glad to be with you. Alan, what is the most important? The individual or the state? Here in America, we have always believed that it's the individual. Amen. Uh, is it true today? No. Sorry to say, we live in the national security state. Everything has changed. The individual, I mean, it's, look. Do you think Americans know about this? No. If, if you are in China and you're in a country where you're trying to hold together a society of 1.3 yes. billion people, mm. I can understand where you're looking at keeping the whole thing together is more important than each individual. But the whole premise of the United States is has a Protestant foundation. Mm. And, and, you know, the Protestant genius was to rediscover a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that Christ died for each one and wants mm. to have a relationship mm. with you, and that you can have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. You can read the Bible for yourself. Out of the revolution that was the Protestant Reformation, we discovered that the individual has real significance, not just the community of the church or the community of the state. And out of that, when mm. Protestants came to America, we have our Constitution and Bill of Rights designed to reverse the idea that, you know, the king has divine rights yes. and he rules over the people. Now the people are sovereign. 
It's government of, by, and for the people, as Abraham I'm Lincoln saying, famously said. I'm saying said. amen, amen, amen. Uh, this is great theology. And this is the genius of the United States of America. But you're telling me, and you're an attorney who is a professional in these areas, you're saying this is actually being threatened today. Look, we are, living, being threatened. we are living on borrowed Protestant cultural capital. Protestantism, in terms of its legal influence, is dead. I would suggest to you that Protestantism in its cultural and religious influences is largely dead as well. I think this is true. Uh, and I say that in the sense of the emphasis on a personal relationship with Jesus yes. Christ, the yes. emphasis on mm -hmm. the individual. Mm -hmm. We are, uh, Protestant America is now very much Catholic America in this sense. Historic Catholicism, your standing before God depended upon your standing in the religious community. Yes. Today, in America, the state and the security of the community is more important than any individual. I can see what you're saying. I can hear what you're saying. I'm listening in, with both ears. But if this is so, then we are really seeing Bible prophecies being fulfilled today. One of my favorite Bible commentators, Ellen White, observes of America in prophecy that she will repudiate every principle of her constitution, both Protestant and Republican, small r, Republican principles. Yes, yes. Now, republic means government of, by, and for the people. Uh, a, a republic is a system of government where the people are sovereign. Today, it's, it's hardly, I mean, I, you know, I take uh, Bill Moyer's quip that, uh, no, I think it was Stephen Colbert who said, mm. well, now that corporations are people, we finally have government of, by, and for the people. Say that again. Well, you know, the Supreme Court famously <laughs> yeah. decided in the Citizens United case that corporations are persons who have yes. First Amendment rights. And so the television uh, comedian Stephen Colbert quit yes. that uh, now that, you know, corporations uh, are persons, yes. uh, we, we have government of, by, and for the people at last. <laughs> I get it. So we're moving away from the great Constitution that made America the greatest force in the world for good. We really are. We have shredded wholesale, whole portions of the Constitution. When we have SWAT teams that go in, you know, we have a militarized police force. We have militarized drones coming to a city. Not you. everybody wants to hear this. Uh, well, whether you want to hear it or not, it's mm. happening. I want to hear it. Tell it to me. Let me have it. Well, <laughs> we have an NSA that is monitoring far more than George Orwell ever imagined when he wrote 1984. We're way past an Orwellian kind of uh, oppressive society. You see, I've been teaching from the Bible for uh, more than 50 years, Alan. And I used to preach the prophecies of the Bible, and you know those prophecies, like Revelation 13. And Revelation 13 actually describes a coalition of, of church and state. Correct. And the setting up of a totalitarian system that will take religious freedoms from the people. Right. So can you see this happening? It is happening, but I think that many who even study the prophecies, they don't know what they're looking for. Mark of the Beast religion is the dominant force in religion in the world today because the, the kind of oppressive religion that Revelation 13 talks about is what most people believe, that God will kill you if you don't toe the line. 
It's a my way or the highway approach. And this is true regardless of whether your worship is, is uh, you know, Islamic fundamentalism mm, or mm. Christian fundamentalism. So the people who are watching this television program today would be wise if they were to wake up because the vast majority of the people I talk to are totally oblivious to the fulfillment of Bible prophecies. And when they see things happening in the United States of America, they say, so what? So liberties go to save our securities. I think it was Ben Franklin who said those who would trade mm. eternal liberty for temporary security deserve mm. neither liberty or freedom. Mm. And that's liberty or security. And, and you would say from your experience that this is taking place today in the United States of America. Franklin has been so oft quoted in the last decade because we realize that this is happening. We have created the national security state. And, you know, by fighting a, a, a so-called war on terrorism, um, you know, we, I mean, more Americans die on our highways. Yes. More Americans die uh, because they put a smoking stick in their mouth than mm. die from terrorism. And yet we're giving away our freedoms because of the fear of terrorism. Wouldn't some people say that what you're teaching is dangerous? It's subversive? Well, I could be arrested by the uh, military and locked up for a long time because why? I'm dangerous and subversive for questioning authority. But my generation was the questioning authority generation. We were taught to do that, weren't we? Uh, uh, of course. And doesn't the Bible teach us to do that? Doesn't Jesus tell us to search out for the truth? Doesn't the Bible teach us the importance of the individual? That John, the individual is more important than the state. I thought that religion teaches you to leave your mind at home and just believe what the church teaches well, that's you. That's what a lot of people believe. Check your, you come to church. In, check your brains check at the your, door. Check your brains at the door. You know, John, I, we talked about my own spiritual journey in another program. Yes. I was raised as a devout secular humanist. I was yes. taught to use my brain to rely on reason and logic. And when I did that, I came to the conclusion that belief in Jesus was the only thing that made sense in this world. Absolutely. And I say amen to this. Is torture, including waterboarding, ever justified to save us? No. Never justified. That's the, the short answer is no, but I think mm. there's a much longer answer that's needed. There are Americans who think and have been deceived by the propaganda that torture can be useful. I've had church members come to me time after time, and they've said to me, we believe it is justified to carry out torture. And I've said to them, what about what happened in Germany? And they've said, one lady even said to me, if I had been living in Germany in those days, I would have gone along with it. Yeah, they probably would have. <laughs> you know, the FBI has found that their interrogation techniques, which do not use torture, mm -hmm. are better. much more effective. Mm. And the latest that's come out in the Senate report is that the early reports of great successes with the use of torture were fabricated. And remember this, we believe as Protestant Christians that the end does not justify the means. I mean, if you want to talk about morality, what happened to the golden rule? 
Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll torture you because I don't mind if you torture me. Sure. Uh, of course, we know that is, that is completely false. But the Bible teaches that we should not do evil so that good may come. That is the teaching of Antichrist. The idea that the end somehow justifies the means is abhorrent and wrong. And therefore, because we, we see what is happening in the world today and what is happening in America, we see that these are fulfilling signs of Bible prophecies. Bible you know, prophecies are coming to pass. They are, John. And you know, it may be that countries do evil at times uh, in pursuit of their national ends. Mm -hmm. the, one of the biggest problems that I see in America's approach to torture in the last decade is the attempt to justify it and say that it's legal. You know, a lot of countries will break the law and do things that they think are immoral and, and follow this ends justify the means approach, but they know that they're doing things that are black, that are that immoral, are evil. that are illegal. Yes. Okay, and they make those hard choices yes. and they hope that they don't come to light. We're doing it in the light and we're trying to justify what cannot be justified. But we have stopped it now. So we say. I hope so. I would sincerely hope and pray so, because torture is abhorrent. It goes against the Constitution. It goes against everything the Bible teaches. Alan, would you agree with me that our greatest need here in America is a return to the faith of our fathers? There's no question. Re spiritual revival is absolutely our greatest need. Now, we don't want you to go away because we've got more stuff coming with Alan Reinick and it's great stuff and you need to hear it because we're talking about your religious liberty. Now, my friend, here is a magazine that you ought to get and we'll send it to you free. It's not going to cost you anything, but please support the work of God. You can have this magnificent magazine that talks about many of these issues. It is called Ebenezer. Please write to me, John Carter, Post Office Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. In Australia, write to me at Terrigal, email me. I even take emails these days. So please write to me, stay in touch. And we're going to be back after this break and we're going to be talking about some of the greatest issues that you've ever heard about. Your religious liberty threatened here in America. Did you ever have a sense of destiny? Did you ever feel that God has put his hand upon you for some tremendous task? That you've really got a purpose? That God has called you for such a time as this? I have that sense, that conviction today because God is opening up doors for us in Latin America. And in Latin America, my good friend, there's a revolution going on. It's not a revolution in the streets. It is a revolution in the hearts of men and women. That's why the Carter Report is going to go to El Salvador. We are renting an outdoor stadium with room for more than 60,000 souls. And we're planning a baptism in the, on the Sabbath afternoon of more than 5,000 born again souls in El Salvador, in Latin America. 
where there's a revolution going on, where the Holy Spirit is being poured out. Don't you want to be a part of this great purpose, this great task, this God-designed outreach to Latin America? Would you please write to me, John Carter, Post Office Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California. Tell me, I'm going to support you. Write to me in Australia. Tell me, I'm going to support the preaching of the gospel. Write to me today and support the preaching of the Word of God around the world. But right now, in Latin America, thank you and God bless you. Welcome back, friend, to our super program. Exciting stuff we're dealing with here today with attorney Alan Reinick. We're talking about religious liberty and how your freedoms are being threatened right here in the land of liberty in the United States of America. Alan, what made the USA different to those countries that had religion in their constitutions? For instance, what made America different to... Catholic Spain under Franco, Catholic Colombia, Muslim Saudi Arabia, Muslim ISIS. Very simply, John, the separation of church and state. Tell me about it. Well, the basic concept is simple, Hmm. and it's not what a lot of Americans think. The basic concept is religion is not the business of government. The government has other responsibilities, and they have no expertise in matters of faith and belief. And so the idea is the state stays out of the business of the church, and the church doesn't govern the state. They have their unique spheres that they are free to function in. This was the genius of the United States of America. And it was a principle of religious freedom. Today, too many see separation of church and state somehow as a threat to religious freedom, but not as it was originally understood. But the church never prospers when the state gets involved with it. You know, it's basically a form of socialism. And if you think about, you know... Uh, our attitudes about welfare and how it saps initiative and vitality. Which it does. Well, when you put the, the church on the public dole and uh, have tax dollars pay for the church, well, the church is like a, a welfare chief. Mm-hmm. Now, you take ISIS. They want to set up a Muslim state. We believe yes. it's evil. What real difference is there from those Christians here in the United States of America who want to have a Christian American state. Well, I certainly don't think that there are uh, many Christians, if any, here in America who are prepared to tell uh, non-believers that they have to convert or die. Oh, no, of course I don't, not. I don't think that no, Americans no, no, but, are there but, yet. But, but what about talking about a Christian state? Well, I do think in principle uh, we should take a page from Saudi Arabia and other countries like Iran mm. where church and state or mosque and state yes. are very much uh, working together to realize that the freedom that we have is because we don't give the state jurisdiction over the church. Alan, this is a tough one. And the answers you're giving are not good. They're very good. And I do appreciate them. 
Is the US government entering into the realms of religion when it declares itself for gay marriage? For men having sex with men and women having sex with women? Is it pontificating in matters that belong to the church? Or does the government have the right to tell people what they ought to do in these things? You know, this is a very confusing area for many people, John. And I think there's a difference between the religious freedom analysis and the moral and social policy analysis. From Let's start with this. Because we have uh, relationships that dissolve and financial needs, needs of children, yes. the state has jurisdiction over Civil marriage. Civil rights. You know, marriage mm. initially began as a holy religious institution. Mm. But, uh, you know, you talk to people when, they, when their relationships dissolve, uh, somebody's got to come in and decide, mm -hmm. um, is somebody going to support yes. the other one? How are the kids going to be supported? Uh, who has custody of the kids? So the state has legitimate jurisdiction mm -hmm. over the subject of marriage. Now, one of the problems when... Uh, the states began to vote, and the courts actually, uh, at first, began to bring in same-sex marriage, is they would spend hundreds of pages describing the fundamental right to marry, which nobody disagrees with. There is a fundamental right hmm. to marry. The problem is they never really decided what is marriage in the first place. Hmm. And here's the crux of the thing. In order for us to have uh, stable healthy marriages as the building blocks of society. We need a culture that supports marriage. Yes. Now, our culture with mm. no-fault divorce, mm. um, with the welfare society that uh, means that uh, when men lose their jobs and become unemployed, the women and children don't get support unless the men move out of the home um, with the bringing in of same-sex marriage and turning marriage into a matter of uh, sexual pleasure of convenience rather than principle, uh, we have as a society greatly destroyed the culture of marriage. So this is the secularization of society? Yes. So it's not so much the government, is it? No, it's, no, it's society. Well, government really, if you think about it, the state is following suit. It's reflecting society. Correct. Mm. Um, but of course you and I, as Bible-believing Christians, we believe in the marriage that is taught in the scriptures between a man and a woman. That's what marriage is. But, uh, and the state can try to redefine it, but that doesn't change the reality. So same-sex marriage is an oxymoron. Yes, it is. But having said that, we love gay people, we respect them, and we believe they should have their civil rights. But as Christians, we believe that we've got some rights also. And, you know, the crux of the problem when it comes to religious freedom is that it's become a zero-sum game where either the society is going to protect the rights of the LGBT community, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender community, or the rights of religious freedom, but not both. And that really, both, there's now kind of a war going on, whether it's going to be religious freedom or sexual freedom. Yes, and so this is a an indictment, I think, of our society. And I believe these things have been prophesied in the Bible. Do you believe that Christians and other believers, Jewish believers, Muslim believers, and so forth, have the right to practice their faith without government interference? 
And I ask this question because Dr. Billy Graham, who has been called the conscience of America, said a little while ago, Christians can expect to be persecuted by their own government here in the United States. Look, every, the basic principle of religious freedom is everybody has the right to their belief, to their worship, to practice their faith. But we also have the saying, you know, my rights end when my fist approaches your nose. Absolutely. Um, the question is, is my practice of my religion harming somebody else? Mm. And uh, at times, rights do come into conflict, and the courts have to figure out, can we protect everybody's rights? And if, if not, how do we resolve conflicts? Now, we're going to run out of time, so I'll need to get a quick answer to this question. Revelation 13 talks about a situation that arises in the world where church and state come together and uh, an image to the beast is set up, which we believe is the coalition of church and state. Do you believe that this could be coming soon? Is it just around the corner? Uh, yes, is the short answer. I started with this illustration from the roadrunner that the constitutional foundations have it's disappeared. Gone. It's gone. So the, the courts and our legislatures here in America are all too willing to see the government involved in religion. It's just that simple. And so we ought to be saying today to the American people and the Australian people and everybody else watching, it's time for you to get back to God. It's time for you to read the Bible. It's time for you to stand up for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Amen to that, John. And Alan, it's been a privilege to have you with us today. And it's been a privilege to have you too, my friend, watching out there in television land. Please write to me, would you? Write to the Carter Report, Post Office Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Write to me at Terrigal in Australia or email me. Ask for our magazine. Hey, this is a great magazine. It is called Ebenezer. It is full of terrific stories. Let me tell you some of the articles. Can bad be good? Nothing too hard for God. Signs of the times. My warning from the Pope. Why they buried the bishop on the sidewalk. Amazing health secrets. Miracles in a communist prison. Friend, please write to me today. We want you to become part of the Carter Report family. We believe in preaching the Bible truth. We believe in the faith that was once delivered to the saints. We believe in evangelism, in taking the pure gospel of Jesus Christ right around the world. And so please write to me today. Please email me. It's been a tremendous privilege having you with us today. We are living in tremendous days. We are living in the time when the Bible prophecies are being fulfilled. And Alan, we believe that Jesus is coming soon. Amen. Jesus is coming soon. Please write to me. God bless you. It's been great having you with us. Goodbye for now.